0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Our fans were unbelievable. I, I mentioned, literally mentioned it before the game to the geysers. a lot of red there. There's a lot of black, too. And it's just going to be continuous noise throughout the throughout the game, so... Normally, when your defense on an away game doesn't have to worry about the noise, they were going to have to worry about it today,
1: and that's a my hat goes out to our fans. Um, with that, time's yours.
2: To close out the regular season, the Chiefs really did give us the weirdest game of all. A dominant performance from the front <laughs> four, just harassing the quarterback, an offense that looked... Efficient and fun with some trickery in there that kind of worked and kind of didn't worry about it. It was fun. And it really was just that. A fun, enjoyable, controlling, smooth football game from the Kansas City Chiefs with check notes. No noteworthy special teams mishaps. Mm -hmm. What a world we're living in. 2023. I guess I was wrong. New year, new Chiefs. And they appear to be firing on all cylinders entering the playoffs with no game to be played for Kansas City next weekend. We'll talk about that win over the Raiders, the one seed, and where it sends the Chiefs now, and much more on this episode of Times ours here on The Athletic. Joshua Briscoe, Nate Taylor, Seth Kaiser, the trio with you here today. Guys, I, I want to talk about some of the fun takeaways from the game, some of the places that this can send the Chiefs, how good it's going to be to have a weekend to sit on the couch and watch the rest of these teams go out there and thump each other uh, but Nate, you are in Vegas, and I have to imagine I, I don't have to imagine actually I've read your story. I have followed every minute of everything surrounding this game uh it it seems like it seems like a good time was had
1: by all yeah, it was uh, it was their most complete game of the season. It just took the seventeenth game for that to happen uh because I like to remind people that um. The Cardinals were, were never good this season. Um, and the Raiders have been good-ish at times. Um, and look, there, there was just a bunch of rookies, and like there was only so many things they could do on defense. Um, they were absolutely world beaters for three quarters against the San Francisco 49ers, which is probably the most applicable game for the postseason. But hey, they were down to nothing to start that game, so it wasn't from <laughs> start to finish. Um Uh, They turned the ball over three times against the the now-in-the-playoff Jacksonville Jaguars Mm -hmm. and still won by more than 10 points. Um, But that was not a complete from start to finish. Um, This is where uh, I want to share just a a very small piece of reporting of human interaction, fellas, that did not make it to the... Story about Arctic Circle or Snow Globe, or as Andrew Wiley likes to call it, the Circle of Death. Um, You know, everybody had their own nickname for the play, which I was like, we're getting way too deep into this, guys. Um, (laughs) But like you said, Josh, um, the fun of it, the, the trickery really was like probably the most memorable element of the game, other than, hey, Chris Jones, excellent. Patrick Mahomes, excellent. Gonna need to do that at least two more times to get to the Super Bowl fellas. Um so this is where um being around the team for now, you know, five going on six years, being in the locker room every day, seeing these guys from training camp on to uh obviously the end of the regular season. This is where this all is valuable because um I wanted to talk to all 11 guys who are on the field for you know Arctic Snow and I've written before about some of the, you know, wild, interesting, absurd stuff that they do in the red zone, which gives them an even greater advantage when they already have probably the best quarterback, you know, coach combination in the league. So I do my responsibility. It's not, I think Saturday was the first time I had interviewed every offensive lineman on the record. About said game or said play. Sometimes, you know, it's like, hey, I I noticed, you know, Creed Humphrey did this today. Or, hey, you know, I think Andrew Wiley gives a really good perspective. And we've talked about this before his journey to like being a competent starting level tackle when that was never what his profile was when he entered the league. Uh, Obviously, everybody knows Orlando Brown and Trey Smith. Uh, They are Maulers. And, you know, Orlando Brown's going to the Pro Bowl again. No one thought Trey Smith would be this good this early, but you get it. Gentlemen, who's the last guy I haven't mentioned yet? Did you mention, I know you
2: have a quote from Creed Humphrey. Did you mention Creed Humphrey just now? I I did. I mentioned Creed. Okay, so then we're, we're, we are, uh, we are onto the Andrew Wiley portion of this. No, you said Circle of Death already.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, Talks for Orlando Brown. He's also quoted in the story. Oh, we have. Yes.
2: Sorry. I also did not note one or the other if there was a Joe Tooney quote in this original story.
1: Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, there's not a Joe Tooney quote in the story. I didn't remember Um, there being one. Seth, have I quoted Joe Tooney all season? I have not
3: heard a quote from Joe Tooney all season.
1: Um, Now, there's a few reasons for this. Joe Tooney, as I have said before and will continue to say, is a robot.
3: Yeah, I was just gonna say like, how do you interview someone when they're powered down and plugged into the wall? <laughs> like he's just, that dude's just out there. He's got an injured leg, injured arm. His head got torn off. He just like walks over like, ah, guys, we gotta fix this. You know, could we get just get this taken care of real quick? And I, I got to go power down for the night. And he just sits there and powers down and gets ready to play left guard at an incredibly high level. Again. At an
1: incredibly high level. Guys, he's one of the best left guards, if not the best left guard in the AFC. Um, he also, as I like to explain, as I explained to Holly last night, he is so fundamentally sound. And I've already put it on Twitter. He is so good in his personality and like the way he goes about playing football at an excellent level just reminds me of Tim Duncan. And I, back in the (laughs) day, have interviewed Tim Duncan. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, And and so, hey, Joe, uh, I got to do it because I want to talk to everybody who was involved in the play. And, you know, Joe Tooney has played 112 regular season games out of 114 possible. So, this is also another element of, like, he's so good. He's so reliable. SF said they plug him in every week and just about he's on the field every week. Just, you know, eliminating threats, you know, to protect the backside of Patrick Mahomes. Um, I said, hey, Joe, uh, can I grab you for a few minutes? Guys, Joe Tooney saw me knows who i am and extended his right hand to me and he said hi i'm joe (laughs) and it was at that point that i extended my right hand and shook his right hand and said damn that's one of the best jokes i've heard all season Hi, because I'm Joe. that's dry. Cause, that is dry. Because he knew that I knew. <laughs> we don't really be doing wait, interviews together, wait, do we?
2: Wait, hold on. <laughs> is, did, did he pass the Turing test? Is that what happened? <laughs> uh,
1: he literally said hi, I'm Joe, as if I haven't seen this man every day for the last seven months. <laughs> I mean, I he, does he, <laughs>
2: sorry, does he, does he want to talk to the media more? Oh, because look, if you wanted to open up, I'd be glad to have a comment. Look, we get him on this podcast tomorrow. I mean, I'll, I'll whatever you want to do, we'll get a Tooney on here. I, I mean, of course. Now. I just never got the feeling that his issue was that he, <laughs> that he was not available enough. No. No. I'm, That's so funny. It's so He's funny. He's like if the Terminator played for Bill Belichick for four years.
1: Yes. And then came to the Chiefs. Like, yes it was five years it was five years josh he's been institutionalized like that was him like
3: starting to break the cycle yeah yeah i just say say, hi i'm joe (laughs) toon he i I got a good joke here he's evolving it's learning (laughs)
1: like i just couldn't believe it and so he's already by the way he's already won the interaction he's won like yeah. <laughs> before I ever ask a question Joe Tooney has beaten me just like he's beaten every other defensive line in this season and so <laughs> we go through the interview and it's like two and a half to three minutes because I think something that it's hard for like me to describe to fans but like I'm only one person, and there's, like, again, 40 guys that usually play. So my head is on a swivel, and the interactions are quick, especially in this case cause again, I want to get to Kaderius Tony. I want to get to, obviously, Travis Kelsey and even ask some guys on defense what they thought about it because, obviously, that was the, you know, they had been practicing this, this thing for weeks, which is something I learned very quickly. Um, and so my time with Joe could have, you know, can't be long, but it also can't be short because I want to give him – Ample opportunity to explain his perspective, what he thinks of it. And it was, again, fine. And then I immediately turned to Orlando Brown. And it's just much better. Like, it's just... You got to print an F-bomb, man. You got to print an F-bomb from
2: Orlando Brown. And Joe Tooney said, hi, I'm Joe. Everybody has their strengths and
1: weaknesses. And it's just
2: like... You should. So, so you should have like, said,
3: "Oh, do you work here?" Like just like
2: <laughs> he probably would hey, have I was going to ask you if you knew where Andy Heck was. I'm trying
3: yeah. to find. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so of course, Holly's like, "Well, did you quote him?" Uh, and I told her, I, "I I looked at those quotes long and hard, really considered them. You know, I went from one to two to I don't even want to take the check down, Coach. I want to look at one to two again." Um, <laughs> Here's the best quote from Joe Tooney, uh, which, again, tells you a little bit about the person, while also, again, we have to acknowledge he's a first-time Pro Bowler, I believe. And, again, he is the best left guard in the AFC. Quote, Coach Reed and the Office of Staff do a great job of putting in stuff that keeps it fresh and exciting. It was a cool play to run. It's always fun when you get to dial up one, and it works well. End quote.
3: You hundred percent sure that that wasn't Patrick Mahomes that said that? Because, <laughs> that's just like it's as though, Did he have a written statement? It
2: sounded like you were reading a written statement just then. It's kind of well,
3: and was. good for him, Joe
1: Tooney. It was is, a cool play to run. It was the a cool
2: play
1: to run? Hey, keep it, keep it fresh. Keep that putting putting in stuff that keeps it fresh and exciting, as the kids say, it slapped.
2: You know, I, since, we're, since we're on the anatomy of a quote here, I just I was going to mention this to you before the show that I completely forgot about it. Reading out in text this quote from Kadarius Tony written out this way. It was kind of like, all right, bet. Is just when, when I read it, I, I had I heard it in his actual voice. And then yes, I read it again. Yes, yeah, like I just it. All right bet was i i just i've not heard canary tony or really frankly anyone ever enunciate every syllable and the way that it comes through in
1: the written word yes and it just really made me laugh so look it's uh it was it was um hey kids this is this is journalism this is journalism one-on-one it, you the know the story just...
2: is so good i i went and checked one more time because i i went through it and i was pretty sure there was no joe because you mentioned his name Oh, if you hit control F and type Tooney, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh Wiley Humphrey, right guard, Trey Smith, left guard, Joe Tooney. And, and that's the only time his name comes up, but the story is great. The story but is an expert telling of how this, how, what we know about this play now. The, so go read that up on the athletic,
1: the athletic did its job to, to try to get everyone who ran the play. I wish you would. We don't have, have, have to them. quote all eleven players. Is all I'm saying.
2: I but, just... but if you would have said, "Quote, hi, I'm Joe," Tooney told the athletic, I would have fallen out of my chair. I would oh, that would have been terrific. That that,
1: that, that <laughs> would have to be. It, it was. It, it is the best thing that though. It is the best thing that I can say for the podcast, which is you know, uh, thankfully we have this. We have this outlet for yes, for me to is... to, sh- to share things from the locker room. But it was it was perfect. I mean, it's just. I it is it is a moment I will never forget. This season It's Joe extending his gigantic right hand <laughs> in my normal size right hand. It just it <laughs> just knowing before I've ever asked a question, I've already lost because he's he said a joke that is so good it has disarmed me. <laughs> that's
3: you know the that that's so funny and those little interactions like that are that that's such. That's such a dry humor. Yeah, I'm Joe. It's like I don't even know what to say right now. Um, he he definitely caught me flat footed.
1: Yes, he definitely
0: it, caught
3: me. I just I I the only thing the only critique I would have about your article, which was excellently written in to the surprise of no one, um, because you're a good writer, Nate, and a good person. Thank you, sir. And <laughs> just bringing in some of that energy from last week. Yeah. Um, so the only critique I would have to offer is it was not a 3,000-word scolding of the ref Oh
1: for
3: calling my goodness. a hold on, on Creed Humphrey for destroying a block. It's like, oh, no, that was too dominant a block. That's got to be a hold, man.
1: Yeah, but I, I think the I think the defender, and I, I should look this up earlier, or I should look this up here soon, but the defender knew he was in, in mid-pancake, which goes to, like, how just aware and smart all of these players are. Like, ooh, they got us on scheme. Ooh, I'm out leveraged. Ooh, I'm in the middle of getting pancaked. I need to flail my arms like I have just been hit by a rocket and hope that I'll get a flag. And guess what? <laughs> if you flop, if you flail your arms and and bounce off the ground like you're like something has violently gone wrong, to Seth's point, they, they might call the flag of the other team.
3: Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a pity call, and it's just like, come on, man, why would you take this away? I mean, he, 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 he just he throws him to the ground, and the, I mean, as he's shrugging and the defender walks away, defender, I'm watching the all towards you, know, defender won't even look at him because he's so ashamed that he knows like, well, okay, that wasn't, was that really a hold? No. Did I just have my manhood snatched away from me <coughs> and my soul removed from my body? Yes. So, like, you can't even talk crap. Like, you'd be like, ah, ah, that's a hold. They got you, man. It's like, nope, I'm just going to be really quiet and just go. Because he really, so many fans think that, um, because I've seen this before, that a player being thrown to the ground is a hold, but it's not. Like, you you can, if you're able to, in the in the process of pushing someone throw them to the ground, yes. that's not a hold. Correct. And I mean, it is what it is, but uh, I just like, I have never been as offended as I was for my large adult son there, um, <laughs> which, you know, I, I got to do a video clip of this at some point and just tell the NFL that I'm going to be filing a complaint um, because that, that was the only problem. And then it was, I don't know, for some reason, it's even funnier that they scored um, that it got taken away. And then they just scored anyway, the next play, like that, I feel like that summed up that game very, very well. Like it just didn't matter. Um, they could have called a penalty on, on the chiefs, the next play, and they probably would have scored the play after that.
2: And so uh, one, one common character in all of those plays there, those two back-to-back plays was Kadarius Tony. He scored twice, only one of them counted, but the second one did in fact count. There's a lot of different spots that I think we could each kind of just pull a thing out of the hat to say, let's spend a second on this one, but since we're on this play and this is kind of our intro into the game itself, I, if Kadarius Tony just has two healthy hamstrings <laughs> and generally has his health and like a TB12 amount of pliability, I think his career path is just going to go New York to Kansas City to Canton. Someone talk me out of this. I'm going to hurt myself
1: in excitement. I I can't I can't Josh I honestly Woo. can't and like like his stats don't reflect. You can't see, but I I am fanning
2: myself right now like a like a a southern woman in church, <laughs> I got a big I, hat and a big fan.
1: I think I, there was at some point in like the third quarter um, when again the game was already out of hand or already in hand based on you know your your perspective of it, and I looked at it and I was like. These stats are impressive because between the rushing and the receiving, he was averaging like 8.8 yards a touch or something like that. And I was like, but the footage, (laughs) like the way he's getting Mm -hmm. eight to 10 yards a touch is just (laughs) like, Oh, so I can't, I can't deny your enthusiasm, Josh. Like I can't temper it either. And Seth, I imagine you'll be able to step in.
2: There's no way you see Canarius, Tony being like an X factor for this <laughs> team the rest of the way or anything. Nope. I'm sorry. You
0: didn't mother- <laughs> All right, you know what? back
3: to
2: Nate. Hey, you know what? Seth finally passed an opportunity to talk. Back to Nate we go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm going to see if I can get, get the under on 200 words this episode. Yes. <laughs> Seth, I was no. reading
2: this fascinating piece up on the Chief in the North newsletter. Yeah. Com, I believe. Ooh. And the author, this, this post, free for anyone to read, which I thought was quite silly. But this author took a crack at a couple X factors on this team right now. And Canary's Tony was among them. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that person's individual work at the Chief Minority Newsletter, but I wondered if you had any thoughts on Kadarius Tony. Nonetheless,
3: I do. So I am really the wrong person to slow you down. On like
2: Tony <laughs> I hype. know. I don't. Here's my secret. I don't want to be slowed down. Yeah. I don't. Wanna, I want to get this thing choo-choo. I want. I would like to get terminal velocity on Kadarius Tony hype train.
3: Here, here's the interesting thing with Tony is as he currently is, in the usage they currently have with him doing he unlocks certain aspects of the offense and accentuates things it's like he was built in a lab to run these jet sweeps like you could see like like Tyreek like Tyreek Hill is obviously faster than he is and quicker than he is cuz Tyreek Hill is faster than quicker than literally, literally everyone tony is just as good at
2: that stuff as he is and Nicole Hardman's really good at it Tony. Patrick Mahomes batter. said he's never played with a player as laterally unique as that's not an exact but, quote, but he u- about lateral unique. speed and quickness. Yeah, unique is such a great word because he his he just moves so
3: goofy. So like if I were to point someone to in one of the first plays I focused on with him, he's a yard, he's a yards creator. Mm. He on the jet sweep, he actually scored on. The the defensive end, I think it was Chandler Jones, got upfield and kept him from getting outside to the edge where he's supposed to go to follow Smith-Schuster and Kelsey, right? The reason that play is designed to go to the edge is because you've got pursuit guys that are unblocked. And if you have to cut upfield, you have to beat one of those guys and you have to do it fast enough because like stopping, starting, juking, that slows you down, right? And that leaves the rest of the pursuit can come get you. Except if you can do it so quickly that it doesn't really slow you down. And that's what he did. His vision and his feel for where to go in open space, he creates yardage. And he really is a different type of player than, than anyone they have. And also, as if that alone weren't enough... If you watch him, because they don't have him doing a bunch of normal stuff right now, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But when you watch him do some of the more normal wide receiver stuff, you can see the ability to create separation on his own. That whip route that you gift is, I'm watching it
2: again now. Oh, his
3: his whip routes are insane. They always were. Like the Giants... The the Giants did not utilize those nearly often enough. I'm Andy Reid. I'm calling like eight of those a game because his whip routes are out of control because they take advantage of his unique ability. But he also he runs he 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 doesn't run great routes at this point. But he is similar to Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill didn't become a great route runner until like a year or two ago. And he but it's just he doesn't and really like if you compare like Tyree Kill's route running to like uh, Devontae Adams. He's not as good a technical route runner. It's just, you only have to be 75% the route runner when you're 200% as fast, right?
2: Yeah. And
3: well, okay, he's not 200% as fast. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That's not super fair. But you know what I mean? You, You don't have to do the same things to excel, to be elite because you've got these natural physical advantages and he does. The other thing is like when they line him up in the backfield, the problem that teams have to deal with, they ran that really slick counter motion with counter action with him. That was great. The yep. problem teams have to deal with is he might come out on a wheel route down the field and end up matched up against a safety. And he has legitimate jump ball skills. Mm-hmm. He's got great ball skills. He has everything to be a good regular wide receiver. And that's before you talk about the elite ball in his hand stuff, the extra stuff. He is like, People said that like Tyreek Hill is like if you built a receiver in a lab to play with Patrick Mahomes, Kadarius Tony is like if you built a receiver in a lab to play in the Chiefs' current offense. And I'm just I'm curious what the playoffs look like for him because they do, they still seem to be muting his usage a little bit, and I don't think they want to. Mm. So I, if he's healthy, he is he is a 1200 yards from scrimmage guy next year. Now, the health is always going to be the thing, right? But here's the beauty of what's happening right now. They just need three games right now. And one of the reasons I named him as an X-Factor along with another guy I'm sure we'll talk about is he has the ability with even just, you know, six to eight touches a game to raise both the floor and the ceiling of the offense. Remember last year, second half, AFC Championship, what happened? Mahomes kind of played like crap, right? I mean, that's just what happened. Um, and then they they the few times they tried to run the ball they weren't super effective doing it so of course Reed went away from it really quickly and Hill had a drop Kelsey had a drop you know and no one made a play right mm. that's what they needed they needed a guy to catch the ball and get 15 yards where he was supposed to get three guess mm. what you have that here. And the more of those guys you have, the better chance you have of something like that happening. And so that was something that they've been missing in some spots this year. And so he raises the floor that way. And in terms of the ceiling, because of his skill set, it's so diversified. And and so I go a lot more in detail, kind of talking about a few of his touches against the Raiders alone. But if you look back, I mean, I I did a film review on him when when the Chiefs traded for him to kind of demonstrate the actual normal receiver stuff he can do. And the stuff he can do down the field. He is, he might be one of the most um, uh, move the needle guys on the offense in the postseason besides Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey.
1: And I
2: I agree with all of that.
1: And they ran no routes for Travis Kelsey in that game uh, Saturday. And they did like two plays for Juju. Right. And they scored 31 points. Like, yep. I refreshed I, the
2: box score and I started doing post game because I thought it just hadn't updated yet when it said Patrick Mahomes had 202 yards passing. I legit, I legitimately just went, that doesn't seem right. I refreshed it. Then I saw Jared sit in with six sacks. I was like, that was correct. So, yep. Yeah. too. huh? How'd that happen? Yeah. Well, they he just has, they held he had, off. Yeah. He had 175, I believe. 67 to Watson. Of his 202 yards, 33% yes. of them came on his first. I don't remember if it was the first completion or not, but the, yes. the first drive, that one deep shot there to Watson. Yeah. 33% so they of his yards. That was his first pass, by the way. Yeah, second play from scratch,
1: Yeah. They really just went through some normal, um, you know, standardized plays in the second half. And then it's like, okay, we should probably score one touchdown. And then they did that. And then they were like, okay, well, I guess Chad can play now. Um, It's just uh, on offense. I mean, the fact that Ronald Jones got 45 yards on 10 attempts when the Raiders knew he was getting the ball um, both signifies that the offensive line is intact, is playing well. Um, Mahomes really didn't make any mistakes in the game, Mm -hmm. um, which, if he continues to do that in the postseason, will serve them well because it will increase their chances of having. not a disparity at the turnover margin. Um and yeah, the best thing is um the 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 player referencing, Josh, the corner's like, oh, that's just motion. Yeah, i I seen that. I seen that. Yeah, I'm just we ain't covered three dog. I'ma just I'ma just lay back. I'ma just lay back. I'm getting depth. Why is he throwing the ball in my direction? What? <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> It's just like, I mean, it's just a Watson running, running, running across the, the field, you know, for like somebody else. <laughs> Why is he still running? <laughs> no, so when you have I, like, no, I'm a, sorry,
3: I'm sorry. I'm yeah. just too excited about the play calling. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: that, I, like, so when so when the fourth option becomes available and the quarterback is willing to execute, um where the hell are you supposed to cover, dog? <laughs> like Raiders are like, cool. Kelsey's on the field. Clog the middle. And they're just like, oh, great. <laughs> He's wide open. <laughs> He's still running. <laughs> and I I felt so bad for the for the quarterback because normally, ball's supposed to be out by now. Why is he throwing it in my direction? <laughs> it's just... So they, they break so many... Again, they do so many simple stuff at times, and yet they still break your rules or your expectations. And again, Travis Kelsey ran no route in that game. That was one of, I would say, quote, his routes. Uh, They ran a more specialized play for Noah Gray on Saturday than they did for Travis Kelsey. And they scored 31 points.
3: With Kelsey, I don't think it's a coincidence that you only saw him when it was like, oh, it's third down. Okay, hey, Travis, do the thing. (laughs) <laughs> and like so he'd throw it to travis they get a first down but okay get back to resting
2: man you're 33 let's <laughs> let's all just relax travis um, kelsey rested more in that game than the entire la chargers roster did <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, we it, don't need to talk it, about it,
3: that one josh in Staley's defense, I don't even know how you would do that. I mean, you only have like forty-eight players available. You only have forty-eight. How, it, can you can you sit some of these guys? I no. mean, you have to have eleven of them at a time. That's you know, four eleven spot. on both 14. sides
2: of the ball. You're already at forty-four. I mean, no, oh, yeah. four spots left, right?
3: I coach, just, oh, we
1: perfect. got we got this thing called the practice squad. I mean, coach.
3: <laughs> yeah. So no, that was bad. But I, I wanted to you know something that got me so excited Nate, when you talked about you know the Chiefs, especially in the second half um weren't dialing up a ton of new stuff. One thing that's interesting about dialing up um called plays for Tony or Noah Gray or even MVS, you know, like just or Justin Watson, you know, whatever, is that they really um unfolded some new stuff. And the fact that like like in select moments, right? Like right, in the red right, zone, right. they right. unfolded some new like that counteraction To that was that was a and and they've utilized a very similar look with Tyreek Hill before. Correct. Um, But it's just interesting for them to unfold some kind of new ish stuff right before the playoffs, which tells you like, well, two things. One, it tells you, hey, we're going to put this on film. You guys are going to try to take away Kelsey and probably Juju. And we're just letting you know that maybe sometimes like right before the end of the first half, we're going to line up with three tight ends with Pacheco right behind Mahomes and just bash straight ahead for five yards. We're yep. going to do that sometimes. And it also tells you that Andy is saying quietly, guys, I have a lot of other stuff here. There's just so much stuff. So I can show
1: you some of this stuff. Um, he had, he, he had to get a Colin He had to get a Collins Saunders playoff. Yeah, you gotta you gotta that
0: film. The lose
1: to.
2: MVP for not throwing that ball at a catchable spot. Honestly, like if Jalen Hurts wins it he, now, I'm gonna understand if that's the reason.
1: Now look, the element of surprise and the scheme gives Colin Saunders a massive advantage. He cooked that
0: linebacker. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he saw flay this man.
3: <laughs> he just didn't make the sight adjustment. You know, it's he's new to the he's new to it. Didn't know to cut inside. You know, that's sometimes you got to make a sight adjustment in the red zone. Um, yeah, that's hard to do. I'm assuming he didn't have enough reps for a sight adjustment.
1: <laughs> or that he would be um, that open. But the but, you know, the first offender is supposed to, like, not be in the passing lane either. So, yeah, I mean, it's but again, like. I don't want to waste this, but I got to get it off of me right now, because to Seth's point.
0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. What's the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? No, nope. because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. This
2: is only kind of related, but since you mentioned the Saunders play again, I, beards prompted me to look this up today, and I uh, I went and, and checked it. Um, do you know the Do you know the three teams who Dontari Poe's three touchdowns came against? I'm sure they're all AFC West teams. They when most did. certainly are. Each of them got one of them. Ooh. Each of them got Ooh. one of them. I think it was running against the Chargers, receiving. I, I, I have to double check. My, my new favorite YouTube video is about, I think it's 36 seconds long. It's just called Every Dontari Poe Touchdown um but I I remembered at least two of them being against the uh Raiders and Broncos I did not remember the Chargers one, which I think was the rushing and uh look I'm I, I I fundamentally reject the idea that anything about that was unsporting or poor sportsmanship I think that's a real a real loser take but I do think it's fair to note that Andy Reid particularly seems to love doing that to AFC West opponents
3: yeah, I think both things can be true. Well, did he even stop to consider whether or not it might upset an offensive lineman from Denver <laughs> that they ran a trick play against? I don't know. I actually like uh, I never say his name right. The belly guy. I think guy. you should try though. First name's Quinn, last name starts with an M. I'm going to go with Q. No, no, cuz there's only one Q in the NFL. Um oh, Come on, don't do this.
2: Mid- it's just Miners, right? Mid- it's just minors. pronounced like yeah. it just
3: pronounced like we would mine it. But yeah, he he like for him to just be ah so upsetting. It's like
2: was it? I'm <laughs> like, glad that he's got goals, man. It's good that somebody on the Broncos wants to beat the Chiefs someday.
3: It does. Uh, well, and I really do think because I remember Derek Wolf talked about that a little bit. It was like God, these guys just keep beating us. Like that has to be disheartening after a while.
2: Fifteen straight
3: games. That's so many.
2: That's just Quinn Miners so is many. the guy that warms up with his belly out. So I don't. I don't actually want beef with him. I'm. I'm a fan. Yeah.
3: I would have thought he'd he'd have a better sense of humor about it, but well,
2: like, once again, I mean, he's like, look, that dude has been blocking for Russell Wilson, coached by Nathaniel Hackett, losing to the Chiefs. So I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him at least a little wiggle room to have said something that maybe someday he will go on to regret. That's I'm funny. just glad that that team's still functioning from like a human standpoint. <laughs> I just I, I don't know that 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 just made me
3: laugh. Like the idea, like the Chiefs really are that team. That people are getting mad at, and like that was fun. Like it was fun. This is a sport. Like did we not? Did we not just have all these conversations last week? Like am I taking crazy pills? That this is supposed to be fun, and like oh, and also you know don't shove athletic trainers. I don't know. Oh like, man, like two pretty
2: basic rules, right? <laughs> have fun and
3: don't shove a trainer. Man, <laughs> come on! Like that was so bad. That's so bad. It's like that. It's I mean the 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 lasers and he actually I don't know if you guys saw he issued a pretty good apology on Twitter yeah
2: and he was he was he was like crying walking through the the tunnel
3: the he, tunnel he yes that really
1: was stupid that, that was that was really uh heartbreaking because um yeah it's 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 just it's just unnecessary and right. indefensibly Look, dumb yes, and also he's just, a
2: human being who made a really stupid mistake no big it. yeah yeah, and yeah we're going to have to make a couple jokes about it. And, oh yeah.
1: And just the coach pointing at his head and saying, just be just be smart. And it's just yeah. like, we have to say that about athletic trainers like attending yeah, to a yeah, guy yeah. on the field?
3: Like, do I have to like, tell you not like, to push the 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 much, much
1: smaller human who's not wearing pads? Like, do I have to say that? Not like, in the field, not 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 during a play. Not yeah. during a play. He's not on the fe- he's on the field to do his or her job. Like he, what? Like the like, got me, coach, because you were in the way. Like, 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 uh, like get this out. is you know every time somebody's like you know coaching seems fun. No, it don't. No, it don't. No, no it don't. Because have you- to remind I have to remind a player every now and then. Let's let the other professionals do their job in an appropriate manner. Yeah. man that's tough yeah Oof. also in case you didn't know
3: this don't poke the referee in the eyeballs or something you know like what other things do you need to warn people not to do like i have said that and look again heartfelt apology we're gonna fire off a few jokes then fine fair enough he has done this the second time he's done something that idiotic so yeah you know maybe don't do it again yeah um yeah because he's he's a good player but like I have literally said the phrase to a couple of my older sons. Well, I didn't, you know, you get some, I didn't know I, I wasn't supposed to do. You never said we couldn't do that. And my line a couple of times has been, that's because it's so glaringly obvious that I assumed you weren't stupid enough to do it. That's my bad. I <laughs> overestimated you. Won't do so, it again. <laughs> yeah. So here's the deal. <laughs> like, don't do stupid things like Sorry, I did not properly instruct you on that.
1: Well, oh, in,
2: in fairness, we're not sure about this part. There's always a chance that Aaron Rodgers has a secret like hand signal for shove the athletic trainer that you have to learn telepathically. And we have no way of knowing if or he Walker him- had gotten that secret hand sign from Aaron Rodgers
3: <laughs> or he told him to do it. And our words are spells, Josh. And whoa, oh, interesting. <laughs> now that was a quote that got out there. You know what?
2: I'm just, you know, I, I is our words our spells a thing that Aaron Rodgers said, because it sounds like it might be. Uh-huh. You you should you should check that out when you have time. And look, whom's I, I who am I to throw stones?
3: You know, I I I, I believe a Jewish carpenter from two thousand years ago saved me. So I mean, we all believe in some stuff, man. We all believe in some stuff. So who whom's among us?
2: <laughs>
1: It's a perfect. It's a perfect description of our of our Lord and Savior.
2: Just, yeah, I know. <laughs> just a perfect description. I'm, I'm not sure I'm willing to call Aaron Rodgers my Lord and Savior, but if you went too late, I guess that's that's up to you. I knew that was um, coming too. Yeah, anyway. I knew that hey, you was know coming. What? You know what? Speaking of our Lord and Savior, I want to talk about the Chiefs' defense and more particularly Chris Jones.
1: Would anyone hey. else like to join me? Um, of course. I mean, look. I can uh, do that. I, I, I hope you got. Did somebody send the message to to, to to Seth? I know, you know, the t- the television can only show you so much. Yeah. Even though there's a billion cameras in there. Which, by the way, if we're going to have the Super Bowl, it would be a chaotic mess. And I don't know. Maybe I need to look up the future dates. I know it's going to be in New Orleans next year. If we're going to have the Super Bowl in Arizona, um, Las Vegas Stadium is excellent. I have never... Been to another stadium where I was like, this would be the talk of the town if SoFi just didn't exist. <laughs> like, just did not exist. But yes, with all these cameras, Seth, um, Chris Jones had a career high or a season high, excuse me, in pressures, um, which, uh, you know, wrecked the entire game for the Raiders offense.
2: Real quick stat line here, just because I wrote it down listening to The Athletic Football Show this morning. Appreciate them continuing the agenda here as The Athletic as a whole, feeling like real good teammates right now. 11 pressures on 37 pass rush snaps, two and a half sacks, six quarterback hits, and two TFLs. Other than that, pretty quiet day for Chris Jones. <laughs> He's,
3: he, he really should, it's, it's him and Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons. Those, those are the guys. And honestly, I think, I think Jones with how the seasons developed over the last, the latter half of the season, I think Jones has distanced himself a little from Parsons, who's a great, 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 great player, but it really, it's, it's him and Nick Bosa and, and Jones is just, he's so great. He is so great. Um, and I just, I, I've ranted about him enough, but the way he impacts the game is just so, such a cool thing to watch He's just at the absolute apex, and uh, low key, Cullen has done a terrific job. Mm. With not just him, but like Mike Dana has upgraded this year. Mm-hmm. Frank Clark is playing better this year than he did for all but a couple of games last year. Um, George Karloftis, as a rookie, he has he's got some weaknesses and strengths as a player, and they have managed to a guy who doesn't consistently win one-on-one a lot yet, they've turned him into a productive player by giving him assignments. Okay, dude, strong, never stop. Like him and Dana, seriously, those guys look miserable to play against because they neither of them ever stop. Carlottis especially, that guy is, is a maniac, which is awesome, but they, they've they've utilized him in a way to accentuate his strengths and, and kind of hide his weaknesses. If you watch throughout the game, He's not getting like, you know, like, you know, when you take like, say like Tom Holly or Justin Houston, you know, these edge rushers when they were at their apex, Derek Thomas, like just straight up rushing from the edge over and over and over because that's how they win. Right. Mm-hmm. With Karloftis, it's like, nope, we're going to have you be the push man on this stunt. We're going to have you cut in on this stunt. We're going to have you do a little contain, get your hands up there. We're going to have you execute our pass rush plan. And he does it all like 110 percent just going a million miles an hour. And there's a lot of credit, I think, to Cullen that. What did the Chiefs end the season? Third in sacks in the league? Uh,
1: I will look that up for you. Um, it and, sounds about right. Yeah, and
3: and they've been, they've been up and down with consistency. And we've talked about that a lot. And that's something I'm concerned about. I'll probably write about that as one of the playoff X factors in terms of consistency, because they'll have snaps where, you know, it's just four guys rushing and no one gets home and it's for an uncomfortably
1: long amount of time.
3: But when you look at that, the, uh, roster
1: the Chiefs are whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, I have a Chiefs. Chiefs are second, Josh. Yeah, second with fifty-five.
2: Patriots are third with fifty-four, tied with the Cowboys with fifty-four, and then the Eagles have seventy. Seventy. <laughs> yeah, I don't. God. I mean, like there's there's like a reasonable arc, and then the Eagles, but the Chiefs are the first team not named the Eagles. So I'll take it. Right,
3: and that's man, that is that is crazy. Um. But in, they, they really, this is not a personnel-driven thing. And I don't mean that as, as anything to be offensive towards. I think Dana and Karloftis and Clark and Dunlap and Saunders, those are kind of your core guys, right? Uh, besides Jones, obviously. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you have one superstar and then a bunch of guys who peak at above average. And that's the peak. Like like Colin Saunders, he he's, he's come along a little more this year, but I wouldn't call him a consistently above average pass rusher. Um, he does he he's a little streaky. Whatever, you know, he's not yeah. a bad player, but you know he's averageish in that area. Dunlap and Clark, it just depends. It kind of varies game by game. They're older, all this stuff. There's no like secondary star there, and for them to get home as often as they have, even though the the consistency ebbs and flows, and I think that's more a personnel issue. Colin deserves a ton of credit for that.
2: Yeah, I so I I'm curious, Nate, if you have anything else on Colin cuz he came up in the post game press or I guess I can't remember if you you might have been grinding the locker room by the time that, yeah. uh Chris Jones at the podium, but but within that and also you 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 went exactly where I was hoping you would expanding because we have talked about Jones so much to those other guys, team effort, guys being able to play off of how excellent Jones has been, noting what Joe Colin has done for that group and all of that. But I I absolutely think that it is a a team effort story for that front line, Nate, because it wasn't just Chris Jones destroying worlds. It was other guys taking advantage of their opportunities, which is something that has not been a given, even when Jones has been excellent this year.
1: Right. And because of their inexperience at the cornerback position, um, turnovers have to pretty much be a function of pressure, um, which was why it was both. Um, And I didn't get to it in either story, but the idea that you're going to call a timeout to save the last minute of half of the, of the first half uh, being Josh McDaniels and then the opposing team scores a touchdown anyway. And then you're like, cool, we'll, we'll run some offense. Um, But it was so clearly that Jared Stidham from game one as a starter to game two as a starter, you know, it was understandable that it was going to be, uh, some dips, but yeah, uh, pressure was early and often. And it so much influenced the quarterback that, um, Mike Dana, as Seth, has mentioned earlier, just keeps fighting, um, strip sacks, Stidham. And because Carl Loftus never stops, um, He's able to get the ball, and then the Chiefs score a 44-yard field goal uh, from Harrison Bucker, who played excellent uh, despite having back spasms earlier in the week. So with Chris Jones getting more and more comfortable talking about how it's a supporting cast around him, and none of those guys in the locker room taking that as a slight All of them understanding that Chris is the center of all of this. Mm -hmm. And basically that his presence, his existence, means that they get to adjust and alter the mismatches in the game really in a way that I don't think they've ever had the ability to do in the Patrick Mahomes era. I know Frank Clark was just a better, pure Talented player in 19, which is why he was getting all those sacks to close out games. And yes, the offensive line had to account for Chris Jones, of course. But I think what Seth is ultimately getting at is they are finding who is the weak link. And now we have multiple ways of getting ourselves into favorable mismatches for the other team based on whatever your one or two weaknesses are, whether it's a overall protection issue um that we can provide, or it's a weak link, which was clearly the case. Poor bars for 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 Las Vegas. Um they were just like, oh great. Um Chris is better than you and we will continue to um find ways to get you to get him one on one on you. Um and it's it's so bad. And even when you double team him, it's okay. Chris Chris is going to prefer you versus the center ever getting there in time. Um but I think Cullum has done a nice job of Getting the guys to be more fundamentally sound and having just raw effort continuously and then believing that the more effort you give, it's going to have a cumulative effect throughout the course of the game, obviously throughout the course of the season. And because you have the world's greatest quarterback, we need to find mismatches because the other team's going to have to throw the ball. And it does our defense, especially in the back end, a disservice if we can't be variable or if we can't adjust or be multiple into how we generate pressure, whether it's with Chris's just incredible dynamic ability or it's finding a one-on-one matchup for Carlos Dunlap when he knows the other team is passing and we trust him to be both, again, consistent with his fundamentals and how he's going to approach his pass rush and then fight like hell when the ball is snapped.
2: Uh, that That's about our time here for this edition of Times Ours. Seth, I don't have anything uh, on the way out. I i am right now will say feels like a, a little mailbag slash uh, playoff kind of discussion for, for Thursday might might be in the cards. It's by week. We'll see for sure. But I'm going to keep you on the edge of your seat. Uh, to see if we, uh, if we bring you another hour of good stuff because yeah, the Chiefs have a first round bye. Don't have to play this weekend. There's a lot more we can talk about, kind of going into the uh, the playoff weekend that's coming. But uh, Seth, anything else for uh, for Chiefs Raiders or this spot we're in right now? I
3: just that that's really what the Chiefs look like when they get an A game from all three phases, and it's mm. it's genuinely overwhelming. Like it, it, you are just getting blitz, not in the term of art sense, but it's just overwhelming um that's when their defense is playing at you know an average to above average level and they can attack and the offense is scoring so you have to pass and they know you have to pass and and when the special teams is actually covering well <laughs> making some plays and so I mean that really is what it looks like and you know the Raiders aren't that good a team but you can see why like it really is it, it was the first time in a little while I mean they, we've seen it a few times this season but uh, the the late great Therese Paler used to compare the Chiefs to Golden State where like you just you had to survive the barrage. And lately, because Mahomes has become so comfortable with dink and dunk and doing what has to be done, it hasn't felt like that as often. But like it's similar like to the 49ers game or even the Bucs game, like where they, just, they go on this run and the game is effectively over after that. And it's fun to watch.
2: That being said, Nate, uh, you gave us a great story off the top. I don't know what you've got at the end of today's show, but it's all yours.
1: Um, Yeah, so, you know, obviously I think we'll be back Thursday if everything works out. Um, Just a few things. Um, Andy Reid said McCall Harmon was close to playing Saturday, but he still is trending towards being available for the division round. Frank Clark has a minor... Growing strain, it should not prevent him from being available uh, or close to 100% for the division round if everything uh, goes according to plan. We'll probably know more about Sky Moore and his hand um, when the team comes back next week and has a more normal practice routine. Basically, I think they're going to go through a walkthrough on Friday, get some early reports as to like who they could play from an opponent's standpoint, and then everything will get started basically um, Monday because unless the Dolphins win Saturday, you won't know who the Chiefs' opponent is until the end of Sunday. Uh, so just, you know, some some small things to keep in mind as the as the week goes on. Um and then lastly, Josh, you know, um, as I've as I've thought about this season and the idea that the Chiefs swept the AFC West, right? Mm-hmm. Um I know we are in the business of content, but man, we we just, you know, we just gotta be reminded that, uh, they don't want to tell us that they listen to everything, but then Chris kind of spilled the beans at the end, um, uh, and told us that they do listen to everything. So hopefully this gets to Joe Tooney at some point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it is so hard to, um, do what the Chiefs just accomplished, and also feel like, well, you know those other people weren't wrong either? Like, on the face of it, this was the best the AFC West had done, at least from an off-season transactional standpoint, where I felt like, hey, there's real legitimate competition once teams realized how good Mahomes was. And, you know, the... This just isn't normal. Like, you look at any graph of any team rankings, and the Chiefs are, once again, just one of the best teams in the AFC, if not the entire league. And you know who we haven't talked about, Josh? And you sent me something today, and it made me laugh so hard. (laughs) We haven't talked play- about Steve Spagnola. The playoffs haven't started yet, but Steve Spagnola with a hundred rookies and a couple veterans got the Chiefs defense to be what everybody wanted it to be. Can you can you just remind people yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, before yeah, the let- craziness starts that like the Chiefs accomplished every goal they wanted to accomplish in the regular season? And that is absolutely stunning. Because it didn't feel that way on the on the, on the journey. <laughs> no, no. They wanted to accomplish
2: the AFC West. They clinched that before Christmas, by like a week before Christmas. Mm-hmm. They wanted the one seed. They got that locked up that first round by. And yes, this tweet of this chart from Ben Baldwin earlier today. Offensive EPA per play, the Chiefs are first by a country mile. They are several logo lengths ahead of everybody else, even the Bills and Eagles and Bengals and all those teams. And then on the defensive EPA per play axis, the Chiefs arrowhead, the tip of the (laughs) arrowhead is lined up just about perfectly with league bleeping average. You got the best offense in football, a totally average defense. With that having to take in consideration and the, and all the, those young guys
1: and the worst special teams you could have this season. If there was a z-axis
2: for special teams, <laughs> this chart would look different. <laughs> but with the offense being number one and the defense being perfectly middle of the pack, the Chiefs absolutely accomplished are their all their goals entering the end of the season. Because also, the defense has just been playing better and better. Yep. And if that arrowhead was going to point in a direction, I'd uh-huh. go ahead and take that point, and I'd go ahead and nudge it in the upward direction, at least by a little bit. Yes,
1: sir. Yes, sir. So, you know, when they hired Steve Spagnuolo, that's all people asked. Hey, Hey, man, can we just go from below average to average? And now, with a younger, more athletic... Slightly inexperienced group. They have a chance to really compete in, in the postseason. And guys. Guys. This was not supposed to happen. It just it just was not supposed to go this way. So before the craziness begins. Before the condensed season to try to get to Arizona. I just want to remind everybody that the Chiefs regular season. For as chaotic and as... Weirdly eventful as it was, the Chiefs literally accomplished everything they possibly wanted to, and the team is relatively fully healthy, which is something the other one seed in the other conference cannot say right now. So this bleep is crazy, and it wasn't supposed to be like this for this season.